The Celtics get wins over the Lakers and Thunder, and I'm looking ahead to the Houston Rockets game all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This is the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast, and thank you for making Lockdown Celtics your first listen every day. Remember, Lockdown Celtics is free, available on all platforms, including YouTube. Watch the show on YouTube, please, and every episode available at LockdownCeltics.com. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and... I do this show Monday through Friday, so I hope you're all listening and watching on a regular basis. Please subscribe. Coming up later on in the show, Jackson Gatlin from Locked On Rockets will join me for a quick preview of the Monday night game against Houston. In the second segment, I'll talk about the Lakers game, but I want to start. First of all, I want to start with Jalen Brown and Robert Williams are expected to play Monday night against the Houston Rockets. So, that's a positive. They, they've been out, Jalen, uh, for a while now with that right hamstring uh, strain. Robert Williams for a couple of games with the left knee tendinopathy, basically jumper's knee. So they will be back and get a game under their belt before they take on the Brooklyn Nets. So kind of like a warm-up game, ease them into things, hopefully, and they'll be ready for the game against Brooklyn. So... Celtics OKC. Celtics won this game. Um, <laughs> 111-105. It should not have been 111-105. Uh, it was a 25-point game at one point with five minutes to go uh, in the third quarter. When it's 25 points with five minutes to go in the third quarter, it should not get down to four points in the final minute of the fourth quarter. But that's the Boston Celtics right now. Anytime you go into a fourth quarter with a huge lead, you can almost guarantee that that lead goes away. Almost guarantee. Uh, I keep joking. Uh, I sit next to Suichi Torada from Mass Live, and we were j- joking around, like, are our game stories safe today? Like, at, at 25, we're like, are the game stories safe? Can we can we start, like, really, like, start writing? Or is this going to be, are they going to blow this? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't feel like they can. They're really going to blow. They might give up the lead a little bit, but I don't think they're going to go too. I, I've learned my lesson. They, they, until they regularly put their foot down, I'm not going to believe it. Ime Doka partly responsible for this. He got some weird lineups in there, and I know on a back to back, the Celtics were. You know, they they just come off that win over the Lakers that I'm going to talk about in the next segment. They were up big. This is an opportunity to really kind of get the minutes down for your starters, which I, I believe. But this is like I said the other day on the podcast. When you're up this big with this team, with their history, don't start the fourth quarter with the Juancho Hernan Gomez and his Cantor combination. 
Wancho just couldn't hit a shot. It's, it's, it's sad. He barely gets the play now, and then he got in, he started firing, and those shots were missing. Like, weren't even close. Cantor was okay, but those two defensively, you, you just, you're asking for trouble, and, and they got the trouble. Just start the fourth quarter with starters. Just start your fourth quarter, put it away, get that lead, get that lead up to 30, 35, and then get your subs in. In fact, I, I wrote after the game, I did my, you know, get these guys some minutes, send now that the Celtics are fully gonna be fully healthy. Hopefully they can send maybe like Neesmith and Pritchard to Maine for a couple of games, just a couple of games, go play your 30 minutes. Like I've been saying, but beyond that, I'm I'm starting. Like if I was Pritchard or Neesmith, I'd be pissed in the locker room. I'd be like, Hey, can you guys like close out a blowout here so we can get like six, seven minutes, like an actual, like meaningful stint on the floor to get some actual NBA minutes. That would be nice. Like the, these are opportunities that the Celtics keep giving away for Pritchard and Neesmith and Romeo and those guys at the end, in the fourth quarter, all of these 19 point leads, 20 point leads, whatever huge leads that they've had, those should have been fourth quarters where Neesmith and Pritchard and Romeo, like just go out there and work through some of your things, get some shots up, get some confidence. Then they wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying anything about the G league. They wouldn't need the 32. Just go out there and get some confidence on the floor. Be under the arenas. Get those sight lines. Get everything and 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 just give them the opportunity to get five, six minutes of it, it's it's garbage time in the game, but for them it's meaningful time. But the Celtics blew this opportunity. Um, and I I just I think that that bothers me a little bit. All right, let's let's leave that alone. Um, since that was the big story of the game. Uh, but the, the, the other huge story here is Tatum continues to have big performances now. Three in a row in this game, 11 of 22, 6 of 12 from three, 5 of 7 from the line, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, a block, just one turnover, was a plus 22 in, a, in what became a six-point game. The, you know, Tatum was a plus 22. Smart was a plus 23. So Tatum, over the last three games now, is averaging 34.7 points on 51.5% shooting. He's shooting 45.5% from three. He has figured it out. He's back. Um, and very good timing here. And I, I think that this, this level of Tatum play is, is almost entirely responsible for the Celtics' recent stretch of success. Um, Marcus Smart has been great. Uh, I, I know that there are plenty of people who listen to the show, watch the show on YouTube. There's nothing for the Marcus Smart haters to say about this. In this, in this OKC game, another, another really good performance. Uh, just seven points, only took six shots, but a team-high eight assists, a couple of steals, including a classic Marcus Smart play where uh, I forget who he stripped, might have been SGA, but pokes the ball free, dives for the ball, gets it up to Horford, Horford gets it to Tatum, Tatum dunks it. That's what made the game 25 points. So he's diving on the floor with 23 with a 23 point lead. That type of stuff. That's pure Marcus Smart. And and really what's impressive about Marcus Smart in this game, first shot, first shot of the game, 0-0, Marcus Smart takes a three, drills it. And that's like that 
Oh, okay. Here's an 11 three-pointer Marcus Smart game. Nope. Only took one more after this. I think with Schroeder in there, and Schroeder had 29 points, 13 of 22 was attacking, was getting to the rim. I think eight of his 13 makes were in the paint. I think Schroeder coming in and being the scorer that the Celtics need in in place of Jalen Brown as he was recovering from the hamstring, you have... Him and Tatum combining for, what, 62 points in this game? Smart's like, okay, I don't have to be the shooter. I think a lot of times when Smart, or especially last season, when he was like, hey, look, I'm taking a lot of these shots. Who else was going to take the shots, right? Like, it, I think Smart feels like if if those guys aren't going to be scoring, then I'm going to be scoring. I'm going to be shooting because you know, I have confidence in myself to take and make those shots. Now, he doesn't make those shots as often as a lot of people would like, but point is that now with Schroeder scoring as much as he has been, and now with the return of Jalen Brown, I think Smart has settled into like, okay, my role is going to be this. And this is, this is just fantastic. Marcus Smart. Um, like I said, the eight assists, the two steals, a block, one turnover. Uh, it was, it was just a really great game from him. And like I said, so Schroeder, Schroeder was good. Tatum was good. Uh, I thought that that basically for the Celtics they through those three two quarters and eight minutes of the third quarter the Celtics were kind of like casually like we're the better team we're gonna we're cruising we can whenever we want to turn it up we can get to the rim whenever we want to turn up you know they took a couple of they settled for a couple of shots here and there they settled for a couple of jumpers they were always kind of like teetering, but it was casually like, oh, we're going to win the first quarter by seven. We're going to win the second quarter by six. Oh, we're going to win the third quarter by 10 or something like, like that's, it, it wasn't like a storm out to a huge lead. They just slowly built it up. And then pff, whole thing went down in the fourth quarter. They held on, they won. So that that's good. They beat a bad team. Uh, they, they did a good job for the most part, the lineups. I, I just want them to finish these games off just for once finish these games off all right up next a blowout that actually did happen against the la lakers which is fun for everybody uh everybody loves a blowout of the lakers that i'm going to talk about that next first i got to tell you about prize picks i don't know if you've heard about this yet but it's daily fantasy made easy and you are going to love it it's the best nba daily fantasy sports prop game on the market It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. They offer all the superstar players plus the bench players who are only getting a few minutes here and there. So they offer any prop that you can think of. You can cross over into other sports, so like yardage and touchdowns, all of that stuff. Uh, If you deposit, if you make your first deposit there and use the promo code NBA, you will get an instant 100% deposit match up to $100. So deposit up to $100. Use the promo code NBA, you'll get a 100% instant deposit match. So it works like this. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and you're not playing against other people. It's just you against the projected numbers. You can mix sports. So you want to do something with the Patriots and the Celtics? You can do that. You can go into the NHL. You can do anything. You can mix over-unders on players from different teams. So you can use their award-winning app on both the App Store and on Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawal. So do not hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use the promo code NBA 
or go to your app store, download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's show also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. I know this sounds familiar. You've got a device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and then you're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friend login for the good stuff. Well, I got to tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love without all of that hassle. It's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter, get rid of the confusion, and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. Thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Make your second listen one of the other Locked On NBA shows. If you want to do a preview, you can listen to Locked On Rockets. You can listen to Locked On Lakers, a little shot in front of there. You can uh, hear people uh, complain about the loss to the Celtics. That'd be fantastic. So check it out wherever. Every team has a Locked On show. Check them out wherever you get podcasts. Or you can watch the shows on YouTube. Celtics beat the Lakers on uh, Friday night, 130 to 108. And that was fun in front of Paul Pierce, in front of Bill Russell. Hello. I was in the same building as Bill Russell. I almost geeked out. He was across the building from me. I was like, um, uh, what, what do I do? <laughs> what do I do? Bill Russell is here. <laughs> um, I'm glad they were able to treat Bill Russell to a blowout win. Uh, early on, I was getting aggravated because the Lakers are a, basically a revolving door defense. They allow a million points in the paint. And the first few minutes of the game was just basically, you know, standing around the perimeter Tatum, I think, took five shots in the first few minutes of the game. Four of them were were around the perimeter. He was just sidestep three, all of that stuff. And I was like, what are you doing? Drive. He picked up two early fouls, and I thought, okay, this is actually a good thing. He He's out of the game. He can sit there for a little bit. They can Somebody can talk to him. He can be like, all right, he, you, let's, let's kind of uh, – figure out what, what I'm, what I'm doing wrong here. And turns out that he, when he came back in, all of a sudden the aggression was there. Then the attacking was there. And, and really it started with the bench and Marcus smart smart in this game was uh, attacking. He had a, a 11 points on five of seven shooting uh, and saved what was beginning to be a very ugly first quarter. I was, I was afraid that they were going to, play directly into the Lakers' hands and stay out in the perimeter. Smart changed that and, and really drove. The 11-point first quarter was huge for the Celtics, and then it became the Jason Tatum show. He dropped 37 in this one. Again, I gave you the three-game the, the three averages. Well, 13 of 26 in this one, four of nine from three, seven of seven from the line, and... 11 rebounds, two assists, three steals, a block, just one turnover for, for Jason in this one. 
21 points for Schroeder, who has been just pretty good recently, minus the turnovers. Smart had 22 in this game, was 9 of 13 overall. But all of his all of his baskets, like he was just going to the hoop over and over and over again. One of two from three. That was that was fantastic. Al Horford was was great in this game. Got to the line 10 times. He was a force uh, for 18 points, four assists. The, I mean, the Celtics had it all going. The Celtics had it all going in this one. Uh, LeBron, I think, kind of helped in some respects. It was weird. LeBron got switched on to, uh, he got switched on to Romeo. He got switched on to Josh Richardson. He got switched on to Grant Williams. And I thought in all of those matchups, I was like, okay, here comes LeBron. He's going to start to take over. Um Let's, you know, let, let's see where this goes. And each time he just took a fade away. And I was like, why, why are you doing that? I mean, from a Celtics perspective, it was great. And he hit a few of those, but I don't know if this is an early season thing. I don't know what it is, but when LeBron has Josh Richardson on him, just bury him, just bury him underneath, just lower your shoulder, get to your spot and and get a, get a three point play like that's everything I expected. Romeo's on you, yeah. Grant now Grant's stronger, and so Grant can get low, and but you can spin off of him. And nope, nothing. I was like, wow, okay. Now it was his first game back from an injury, so I'll give him some slack there. But I thought like, if this is the how LeBron is, is LeBron just old now? Is this just all he's going to be? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's just easing himself back, and in November he's just going to say, hey. I'm taking fadeaways and that's it. I'll save my drives for March, April, May, you know, if they get that far and we'll, we'll just November, we're going to deal with it. I'm going to hit, I'm going to, we're going to win this game with me taking fadeaways if we're, or we're going to lose because of it. I don't know, but I thank you LeBron for, for doing that. Um, this was just a fun one. This was just a fun game. Like the atmosphere was great. Um, you know, there's just a, it, it, we joke or, or or people I think maybe think it's overblown when we say, oh, Celtics Lakers is different. Celtics Lakers is something special, uh, but it is. And even even this when the Celtics were trying to get the 500 and the Lakers were a 500 team, you know, you got Bill Russell in the house, you got Pierce in the house, you get you know two Celtics legends. Um, in the house, you got ESPN with seriously everybody, Stephen A. Smith, you know, the whole crew is there. Jalen Rose is there. They're doing their whole pregame show live from the garden. They got their whole, you know, their, their a team in the booth there. That is a, a, a big, big deal. And so everything is amped up a lot of Lakers fans. Uh, but the atmosphere was, was fun. And like I said, everybody loves beating the Lakers. So look, the Celtics are now seven and three over their last 10 games. They are back in the mix. And as you look at the standings in the East, the Celtics are kind of like, they're just right there. They're, they're nine and eight along with Cleveland, Milwaukee, New York, Philly, (laughs) Charlotte's 10 and eight. You go down below that, Atlanta's eight and nine. Like all of that, that that one and a half games that separates all of those teams, everybody is 
kind of bunched up. And so the Celtics sit there at nine and eight, three games out of first place. You know, Chicago just beat New York as a, as I record this. Chicago just uh, beat the Knicks, and so the Knicks drop down to to that Celtics level. They're they're right there, and the the early season struggles that they're working through haven't really cost them because if we said this is the classic, like if we said before the season. If you said before the season that the Celtics head into the last week of November just three games out of first place, you're like, okay, that makes sense. That would make total sense. Like, yeah, of course. That, yeah, sure. Um, so at nine and eight, probably wouldn't have expected nine and eight, but I think that just speaks to the level of competition. And you still have the Wizards at eleven and five. That you know they're they're going to probably come down. The the Hornets are at ten and eight. I mean that's. You know, whatever that fifty winning fifty five percent of their games, maybe maybe that'll sustain. The Cavaliers are certainly going to drop; they're not going to be above five hundred for much longer. But you know, you expect the Hawks to pop up, and you know, maybe the Pacers. I don't know what the Pacers are going to be, but the the bunching is still there, and there's an opportunity for the Celtics to keep moving up. I, I just think that after all of this, at the Celtics are seven and three, and if we look at point differential. In the East, the Celtics are one, two, three, four, fifth in fifth best point differential in the East. So they're 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 climbing, they're they're making progress. The early sting, the early bad taste in everybody's mouth, is is probably still kind of lingering a little bit, but they're they're figuring it out. And now they get Jalen Brown back, and they get Robert Williams back. So maybe they make a little bit of a run. Let's not look past the Houston Rockets. Uh, hopefully they don't and they can uh, beat the Rockets and beat them easily. We'll preview the Rockets game when I come back with Lockdown Rockets host Jackson Gatlin. First, I'm going to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar on the market anywhere. I don't think it's even close. You can use, you can bring them to Thanksgiving dinner. Instead of pies and all of that stuff, just give people Built Bars and see how they, oh, wow, this is going to be good. They're going to be tasty. And if you want like some sort of fruity type of dessert, plenty of options there from Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15. Use it every time. So pick up a couple of boxes, bring it to the family, spread the word, and people will be surprised. And when you say, hey, this is only 130 calories or so, and you're still getting like 17 grams of protein out of it, people go, oh, wow, that's pretty good. And so, yeah, check out Built Bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, so, I mean, that's great for dessert, too. Uh, but it's also healthy for you. How many times can you have something that's delicious and sweet, but also healthy for you? Uh, Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, high-protein. Go to Built.com. New surprises all month. Huge Black Friday sale coming up. So mark your calendar. Black Friday is going to be a huge event for them. Built.com with the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off every time at Built.com. Now, I love hot sauce as well and crack hot sauce c-r-a-i-c is a local massachusetts hot sauce company they have a few different styles they grow their own peppers in chelmsford they have other local farms that they source their ingredients from these are very flavorful unique hot sauces this isn't just some bottle of hot it's not meant to torture you these are flavorful these can be used in any meal. You got mild, you got some level of heat there, but it also adds some 
flavor. They've got a bunch of different flavors that can pair well with different foods. So if you're trying to cook, but add some heat, you can add a lot of different elements with one of these crack hot sauces. So they're versatile, they're multi-dimensional, they're gluten-free. This is a local business, a Celtics season ticket holder. So if you go to cracksauce.com, C-R-A-I-C sauce.com, you're gonna use the promo code locked on for 10% off. It's all Massachusetts made. And like I said, the guy's a Celtics fan, a Celtics season ticket holder. So go to cracksauce.com, get 10% off with promo code locked on. C-R-A-I-C sauce.com. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. All right, wrapping up the show here with Jackson Gatlin from the Locked On Rockets podcast, Locked On NBA. Uh, you doing? You still doing Thursdays? Did they move you around? No, no, I, I didn't get moved around. You and I are untouchables, John. That's, That's right. what happened. <laughs> we are the MVPs of Locked On NBA. They can't touch right. us, okay? We, can't, dude, we got we got a no-trade clause here in, in our uh, Locked On NBA slots. All right, so Jackson does Locked On NBA on Thursdays. Uh, I, I I almost feel bad for you because Jake and I joke. Like, Tuesday, the Tuesday night NBA slate has been just like three games. So, so <laughs> Jake and I are like, oh, yeah, we're just going to chill out here. Like, oh, we can talk in depth about a game. You and Matt are like 13 games. Like, okay, this game was good. This game was bad. Next game, go. Uh, so pretty much, no, we, we, we joked about you guys one night talking about you, 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 and uh, Jake, as well as, uh, uh, Nick and Adam on Friday, we were like, you know, we do the, the real legwork here at locked on NBA <laughs> Thursday with these, these 11, 13 game slates where we got to get through all these games in one 30 minute podcast. So yeah, no, it's, it's all right. in good fun. It's, it's nice having that much to, uh, sift through. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now we're here in the Celtics rockets capacity and, um, how you doing, man? You, you doing okay? <laughs> are we? Is this is this the uh, the first version of a, a therapy pod? Are we checking? Yeah, in I just, just making sure I'm before, okay. Before we talk basketball, uh, <laughs> you know, this is 14 losses in a row. You doing all right there? You know, the other day I photoshopped a bag on my head on Twitter just like for about an hour. And I was like, you know what? I'll save the bag for if they hit 20 games in a row again. Because th- that was where the losing streak reached last season they hit you know worst losing streak in franchise history 20 games in a row it was really rough we're not quite there yet 14 is is getting increasingly close though to that danger territory and I'll tell you what John it has not been easy um you know the expectations for this team obviously Celtics and Rockets have already played once this season and you know granted you know the beginning of the season Celtics you know definitely not hitting the ground running at all this season um, you know, struggling against the rebuilding Rockets. And, you know, Rockets gave them a pretty good run for their money until, you know, they figured things out kind of, you know, late third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter of the previous matchup between these two teams. But, you know, the the wheels have just come off the train for this Rockets team. They played some really competitive basketball against the Lakers, the Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, had some really close games in there and just kept coming up short. And then it was just loss after loss after loss and now we're 14 games in and it's like that competitive nature that was there kind of early on like that feeling of oh we're, we're so close to kicking down the door and being yeah. able to accomplish something here it's just gone now you're seeing the vets kind of going through the motions um the the rookies are getting frustrated steven silas is 
you know, trying whatever he can with these rotations, trying to make something work. And it has been uh, really, really tough sledding for the Rockets this, you know, to this point in the season. Look, you start off one and one. You had that, you know, it, it was it was tight along the way. The Celtics game was only a 10-point game. Uh, you had a tight one against Miami. I'm just going through the scores here. And then, yeah, then then all of a sudden, like, you play the Mavericks tough. And then, oh, okay, all right, here we go. You see things starting to cascade. So, but look, the Celtics have also had problems against teams that they're like, oh, we're better than them. And you, you walk in, we saw it against the, the most recent game uh against the thunder that they were up 25 and they're like oh, okay email doka throws in some weird lineups he's trying to get these guys some rest and then the other team's like oh hey we, we got a little bit of life so for the rockets there is still like when there are signs of life you guys can put some things together yeah i think that this team when it's at its best is when obviously this team is so incredibly young and one of the things that steven silas is currently trying to balance is you know I don't think anybody expected Alper and Shingun to be this uh, impactful this early on both ends of the floor, right? Coming in, we thought defense was going to be an issue for him, and he showed out in summer league. He's shown, you know, an ability to defend at the NBA level, which nobody thought he was going to be able to. So now suddenly he has three bigs to work with in Christian Wood, Daniel Tice, and Alper and Shingun, and that is now causing some issues with how does he distribute those rotation minutes because right now the Rockets are at their best, I feel like, and and many others, when they run Christian Wood at the five and they essentially play small, right? Because then Christian Wood gets to be, you know, offensively, he gets mismatches against opposing fives where he's quicker, you know, able to explode a little bit faster, you know, past those guys offensively causing mismatches there. You slot in like Jay Sean Tate or like a KJ Martin at the four spot, somebody who's more so of a wing type player, you know, cause mismatches there. And then just really getting out and running in transition, you know, using that speed. They're a young run and gun team. And unfortunately running double big lineups with Wood and Tice or Wood and Shingun kind of slows things down. And so right now, Steven Silas is just struggling trying to find how to distribute those minutes and find which lineups can can garner success without squeezing the minutes from guys who do deserve them, like rightfully so. Like Alper and Shingun deserves minutes. He's a quality player. He was MVP over in the Turkish League. Like he has absolutely shown out so far in, in you know a short amount of NBA time. But you know, going into this Rocket Celtics game, it's actually funny that we, you know it's pretty much all par for the course for the Rockets. I guess, you know, bad luck this season is that you've had Jalen Brown, Robert Williams out recently, and they're on, on schedule to come back just in time to play the Rockets. So it's just, you know, from the, uh, because of course notebook for the Rockets that, you know, the Celtics <laughs> would be largely at, uh, at least, you know, is that, is that full, full strength with Jalen Brown and Robert Williams back? Or is there still anybody else out? No, that's basically full strength now. Um, cause they, Sounds about right. <laughs> everybody, everybody who was questionable, I mean, they're, you know, nicks and bruises, but every, everybody who was on the injury report has now been listed as probable going into tomorrow. So unless, unless somebody has a, a setback, we're looking at that, that's going to be basically full. So, and still no Kevin Porter jr. For the Rockets. So there we go. <laughs> so there, so, so the Rockets are, um, they, they don't score much and they give up a ton of points and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's kind of a recipe for disaster. You've got the worst point differential uh, in the league. The offense, I think, is where like you're young and you've got very ISO heavy guys. And but with no with no KPJ, is is that is that helping like snap some of the 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 offense into into some focus here? Like or, or because it was kind of like your turn, my turn type of thing going on. 
Well, honestly, John, not like sort sort of, but not really. There's like a really weird situation going on right now where in the games that KPJ has missed, the Rockets have largely gone to a, a lot of a, kind of a steady dosage of Eric Gordon being the primary ball handler, which Jalen Green has had some increased ball handling responsibility in the absence of Kevin Porter Jr., which has been kind of nice to see because even at this point, it's kind of felt like, uh, you know, everybody Rockets, you know, Rockets brass included have like thrown Jalen Green into this shooting guard box, right? Where just, oh, you're going to be a shooting guard. You know, you're going to you're going to play off ball. You're going to do this, that and the other thing. He's shown an ability to play make, to facilitate for his teammates. He's got some really crafty, slick passes here and there. He looks comfortable operating out of the pick and roll. The thing that Steven Silas keeps reiterating and the thing that even Jalen Green said post game after the Rockets most recent loss against the Knicks was he's still just a rookie, right? He doesn't want to come in, step on anybody's toes. You know, he doesn't want to come in and, and try to be the, you know, the, the de facto leader of the team right away. He understands he's got a long ways to go. He's got a lot of growing, a lot of maturity left, uh, you know, a lot of steps ahead of him. And so I can respect that to an extent, but there's this like the flip side of that coin where he's like the number two overall pick. Like there needs to be a level of like, yeah, I'm the guy, like give me the ball. Like I want more touches. He finished with 11 shots against the Knicks. Like, and he was seven of 11 shooting. Like he was on pace for, if he had gotten some more attempts, he could have easily gone for over 20 points in the garden, which would have been really exciting. So this Rockets team is ultimately, John, they're struggling to find their identity, right? This team, they've got this weird mix of veterans and youth and Steven Silas is struggling to balance. Okay. How do I, how do I balance playing the vets alongside the youth? Are we going full blown developmental mode where we're just focusing on, you know, cultivating the young talent for the future? Are we, you know, what are we doing here? Are we showcasing the vets to try and move them at the December 15th trade deadline? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of frustration surrounding the team because it doesn't feel like there's any clear cut direction that they're heading in. And I think that's where a lot of the, uh, you know, frustration for the fan base and, and the fans are, you know, kind of coming from right now. Right, right. And yeah, I, I do think that I understand tanking. I understand wanting to be bad, but obviously the, the way the draft rules are now, you don't have, you don't have to be the worst team in the league. So, you know, picking up a win or two and, and doing the, doing what they need to do, Silas making the right rotations and, and kind of like doing some things that are, are probably more obvious uh, maybe that needs to happen every once in a while here so they can try to pick up a win. Look, I, I don't know. Tell me what you think here. You see the Celtics coming in. Okay, yeah, they're 7-3 and three over their last 10. Um, but, I mean, from my perspective, I, I still see, like, they're slowly starting to figure it out, and they're, they're, they're picking up some wins that they should be getting. At the same time, you know, you know when you're this, this close to it, I see them making mistakes. I see them taking their foot off the gas. They are notorious for blowing fourth quarter leads. And like they were, they had a 25 point lead against the Thunder with five minutes to go in the third. And there was Emeo Doka with 10 seconds left or whatever, uh, putting his starters back into the game in the fourth quarter to close out a, 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 a game. So, what's your feeling when you see the Celtics come in? Do, do you say, oh boy, here comes another one? Or do you say, look, this is a chance for this rebuilding team, this young team to say, whenever the Celtics do let up, maybe we can steal one here. You know, I I think that if, if anything, we can kind of look back to the the previous matchup between these two teams. And, you know, if you're the Rockets, you got to at least go into this with a a feeling of, Hey, we played a competitive game against these guys before, right? We were pretty much, you know, in this game, you know, we let it get away from us a little bit in that fourth quarter, but 
they've got to feel like they've got they've got a legitimate shot. And I think that, you know, at least the the understanding from the Rockets organization isn't that they're, you know, going out there, they're not actively tanking. Right. And that's why, you know, I I'm sure you're opposed to the idea of, of tanking, you know, somebody who's, if you've ever played any level of organized sports, right. You don't like to lose. Losing sucks. Like anybody with any type of, you know, innate competitive nature upon them, they don't like to lose. And none of these Rockets guys want to be on a 14 game losing streak. They're still going out every night, especially the young guys. And I think that's the other thing is, Steven Silas needs to realize that there's some there's a bit of an issue right now where some of the veterans are not giving 110% when they're on the floor. And so if I was going to pin a potential Rockets loss against the Celtics on anything, it would be because, you know, Steven Silas is trying to rely on the vets because they're the vets, right? They should be the ones mm-hmm. to kind of help guide you through some of these games, but they're not putting their best foot forward because I think the 14 game losing streak is kind of starting to get to them. They understand this team is rebuilding. They're going to be moving on from a lot of these guys, be it at the trade deadline or next offseason, right? So they're not willing to go out there and give it 110 and risk injury or, or whatever. And the young guys are, though. The young guys understand they're fighting for their NBA career. They're fighting to make a name for themselves. They're trying to establish themselves. So when you see the young guys out there, especially when there's multiple of them in the same lineup at the same time, you see a much faster run and gun, go get them attitude on the court. And I think the Rockets could potentially sneak something here. Their defense hasn't been atrocious. Offensively, the spacing has been really rough, and that's why the offensive numbers are so abysmal for this Rockets team. They haven't had much spacing with Daniel Tice, Christian Wood in the starting lineup. So ultimately coming into this game, I don't feel like I'm not ultimately afraid of the Celtics. Do I think they're going to like come away with the win more than likely? Probably because I think at some point in this game, something is going to go the like against the Rockets, be it their free throw shooting that they've struggled with, be it the turnovers where they're dead last in the league, uh, be it they're going to stall out offensively. Uh, something's going to happen along the way, but I expect them to put up another competitive game like they have previously against quality teams and like they recently just did against the Knicks. They're still capable of going out there and making a team fight for a win. They're not just going to roll over and give it to the Celtics. All right, we'll see how it goes. No Jalen Brown that last one, so they do have Jalen Brown this time around. We'll see if there's a continuity thing with the Celtics. Like, I, look, I, I don't. I the way the Celtics are playing right now, I'm not saying anything's an automatic win anywhere. So uh, buckle up. It, it, it should be fun at least. Uh, thanks for hopping on for a little bit here, Jack. Absolutely, always a pleasure, John. All right, thanks, Jackson, for coming on. Uh, check out Lockdown Rockets after the game. Uh, he does a great job. Does a great job on Lockdown NBA as well. That's the show. I will be back after the Rockets game. Hopefully that's an easy win with not much to analyze, but I will break it all down for you. Big week coming up with uh, appearances, lots of crossovers from Locked On Nets. I'll try to get Locked On Spurs on here uh, as well. So uh, thank you. Oh, by the way, different schedule this week, Thanksgiving this week. I'm not recording on Thanksgiving, but I will record instead after the Friday night Spurs game just to add so you'll still get five shows this week but uh, no no show recorded on Thanksgiving so uh, that's the new schedule for this week subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet if you're new please do if you uh, haven't subscribed to the YouTube show really would love to get your uh, your assistance on that really trying to push the YouTube show hopefully people can enjoy that and watch that show uh, and share the podcast share it with your friends when you go to Thanksgiving tell your family that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.